wingman, Daniel the track rat. And introducing Colin. What's up? This is yeah, great yeah. for a video show, just right? Wait a minute. <laughs> just call it. Okay, yeah, we're live now. Yeah, we are live. Thank you for joining us for episode thirty-five. Um, I sure hope this is working the way it's supposed to. It looks like it. Is it? Yep. Okay, okay cool. Um, never done this the the way we're doing it now. Instead of using one of these, so things. if it sucks, it's his fault. Yeah, his. I'm pointing at you. Colin's <laughs> just along for the yeah, ride. Um, right <coughs> Anyways. Um, I'm already very nervous and comfortable with <laughs> this situation. <laughs> Why yeah, are you nervous? There's no reason. You just, well, only because he, you I just guess. put your arm around him. I think it's he's because, used to it. We've worked together. We do. I think yeah. it's because I'm hungry, so I hope no, people eat, don't mind no. if I get some of this crispy, <laughs> crunchy chicken in me. I eat. think we've got some people joining in, but I can't I know I'm watching. Hell. <laughs> um, well, yeah, you are. I am. Um, give me a second while I try to figure this out. Hey, look, it's. Uh, the Queen and the Ham. All oh, right, Ham Burglars here. Everybody hide. All right. Um, give me a second, guys. Oh Lord. So <sighs> this is episode thirty-five. It is episode thirty-five. Second uh, podcast of the year. First live. First live show of the year. Yes. Thank you for joining us. <coughs> Dude, seriously. I still have a lung. Seriously. <coughs> yes, just that. You are that. This is your anyway. <laughs> I'm Anyways. sitting like what I'm sending you to Dr. Kavorkin. Kavorkin. Yeah. No, you're no kill Kavorkin. it because you're killing all of us. I'm killing it. Kill you too. Jeez. Anyway, <laughs> the Queen says you should be nervous. Anthony Drake says hi guys, and no, this is definitely not Tyler. No, definitely not Tyler. <laughs> the frequently absent is fr- absent once again. He has scheduling some issues. No big deal. Whatever it happens, um, we'll have him. On eventually. Yes, he will and, be back uh, one of these days. Who's for that? now. Who's that? Uh, can you see the green plume, Daniel? What green plume? There's a green plume? I don't see anything. See no green plume. Uh, whatever. <laughs> no worries. So anyway. anyway. Um, lots of stuff going on. Lots of bi- lots of news this week. Where, where fact, are we I'd starting? I'd like to get some of your thoughts on this, too. Yeah. Let's start off with... Uh, let's get the gorilla out of the way. Everyone's freaking out because Polaris... Yep. Has pulled the plug on victory. Come to find out, I didn't know this. I think they finally released it. They were running in the red for the last three years. It hasn't been good. That's fun. Yeah, because from you're, somebody on the inside. Yeah, you're going to know been. better than us. But <laughs> they had good bikes. The product yep. was finally good. Yep. Was it just the marketing end of it? Was it just the fact that it wasn't Harley or a recognizable name? Or I, I think do we that know? they just kind of hit that in between. Okay, you know, like you've got. Metric buyers, mm-hmm. and you've got your Harley buyers, and and you've got now Indian buyers, yeah. right. and and Victory just didn't really hit on all cylinders in any category. Which yeah. is just kind of you know when you talk to people about Victory motorcycles, from my perspective, for somebody that that sold the brand, it was just kind of eh, they're good bikes, but you know it didn't. The, the marketing and the bikes themselves and everything just didn't like evoke yeah. an emotion, a heavy emotional connection like yeah. a lot of other stuff does when it all comes down to it like when you don't have that emotional connection you don't have that meanwhile everyone's freaking out because the microphone's moving it's like, ah! <laughs> I'm using so. the force sorry um, I guess just identity you know they didn't right. have like a real identity yeah just, gotcha they were just kind of victory. Although, yeah, I I've come to meet a lot of victory riders in the last couple of years, yeah. and uh, 
they're definitely true blue hardcore fans yeah. of the brand. Um, in fact, you know, I personally like Victory a lot. So yeah. I'm really sad to see them going, but I'm sure there's some things that we'll be talking about that might have played into this uh, decision. Um, Probably. But for, if you don't know, Victory's decided, not Victory, Polaris has decided to pull the plug on it to pour their funds and resources into their two of their more successful brands recently, which is Indian and apparently Slingshot, which I thought was just part of Polaris, not an actual brand of their own. I, um, are those, how are those doing? I see them all right, on I, occasion, but I just... I'll be honest, I don't know a ton because the 8th Avenue location where I work at, we don't sell Slingshot. Okay. Madison does. Yeah, Madison um, does. And so I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how they're doing, I mean, just to be honest. I know that there's definitely interest. The, the big thing in Tennessee was them changing the, the helmet law, the motorcycle right. license and the helmet law now. And so really? things are looking to go way up yeah. because that was a big downside was that it was illegal to ride them without a helmet and you had to have a motorcycle license. Okay. And now they did away with that in so the state of Tennessee, I think. Three wheel vehicles year. you have to have. Yeah, it's, cons- I it's forgot is it considered a, a car now, or is it? It's there's a term for it, an auto cycle. Oh, okay, I think. Okay, um, so you no longer have to have a helmet in the state of Tennessee, and you no longer have to have a motorcycle endorsement. So okay. that just opens up right a whole new world of customers. Gotcha. You know, basically everybody that you saw out there that didn't have an M endorsement and was riding without a helmet, they're doing it illegally and we're getting ticketed. Yeah. And once all that feedback started coming out, then. Sales kind of dropped down, but now they're looking to pick back up. Ugh, keep talking. Gotcha. Uh, real quick, uh, Patrick, thank you for answering the question. Glad to see that we're coming in clear on your end. Uh, hopefully our video feed is coming in. We're trying to reduce as much of the bandwidth as being sucked. Uh, but no, Stephanie asked, so no helmet on the slingshot now? Nope. Not at all. That's a good selling point. Yep. Obviously now, because that was obviously that would be a big issue. Yep. Now, now is it? Are we going to see blowback from not having to wear a helmet on a slingshot with the non-helmet law? Period. Are we going to see any of that? Do you think? I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it. I mean, the the whole thing with the slingshot is that you're wearing a seatbelt. You're yeah. in an enclosed machine. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't necessarily have. There's no roof, a roll really. cage, yeah. right? You know, but you are inside a vehicle with a seat belt. I don't know what the specifics are that determine it to be an auto cycle versus yeah. other things, but I think that's the main one. Yeah. If you look at spiders, which we do sell, mm-hmm. no seat belt. You're not inside of it, so you have no protection. It's yeah. basically just like a motorcycle, and so they didn't do away with the helmet law on those. I think the main thing is you're just harnessed in. Okay. Yeah. Right. And Stephanie says, yeah, I don't think so. Definitely two different beasts. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So definitely a, a big change for them, which is huge for the non-motorcycle yeah. riding people yes. wanting to see, get into one of these super cool things. Yeah. And you ran into a guy that said that was his bike. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's not a bike. It's cool, but it's <laughs> not, not a bike. Not a bike. No. No. Kind of like a, the Can-Am Spiders. Cool. Not, yeah, not a not motorcycle. motorcycle. Close, but not quite. Too many wheels. Yeah. <coughs> um, but yeah. You know, we kind of did jump the gun. Colin. Sir. Who are you? Colin. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> yes. Nice to, 
Nice Colin. to meet whatever. Yeah, you, we know each yeah. other. <laughs> Who are you? What do you do? Obviously, you work at a motorcycle dealership. Yeah, I do. Um, currently, sales manager at America's Motorsports downtown location. Cool. Uh, previous to that, was at Cool Springs Power Sports as a salesperson for a few years. Um, that's pretty much the extent of my my career in the industry. Was in sales before that, but I'm mean, a lifelong rider. Uh, I've been riding since I was about eight years old. My father rode, owned Harleys. My grandfather was a flat tracker back in the day. Oh, he actually yeah. raced nice. um, when he got back from World War II. And so it's, I mean, I'm one of those ones where there's pictures of me when I'm about four. Yeah. With like MX PJs <laughs> sitting on the kitchen counter, mm-hmm. like brapping. You yeah, know, that's like, awesome. Yeah. Got my first mini bike when I was six. Yeah. Got my first full on enduro when i was like 14 yeah. i had to use a milk crate to get on it oh yeah oh yeah yeah you're doomed from birth that's what real it is. quick yeah. want to say hello to Bless. blake and joel hey uh, what's up will and kelly and zach thanks for joining us guys what's up uh, now if you are joining in with us after the live broadcast and cameras up there i keep getting blinded by the light dude uh, you're killing me if ah. you join in after this has gone off the air, so to speak. We're not live you anymore if you're watching comment. on YouTube. Uh, we yeah. will still answer. We can still come back and look at every comment that you send us. So definitely please ask questions. Get involved. We'd love to answer any questions you've got, especially while we got his wealth of knowledge with us. So yeah. Messages. Messages on Facebook. You did. I got home the other night and I finally kicked on Wi-Fi and my phone exploded because he had been talking to one of our other listeners for mm-hmm. an hour and a half. And Pretty I had much. 30 messages. Yep. And I was like, what the yep. hell is this? Which I want, do want to say... Yeah, give him a shout out. Rick, that was a great conversation it we was. had. Um, like I said, if you are ever out in this site, because you've uh, already expressed the invitation to us, if we ever come to the West Coast, Oregon in particular, to come out and ride with you, we'd absolutely love to. And if you're ever here, we would absolutely love to return the favor. Reach out to us if you make it out this way. Let us know. Yeah. Great conversation, and I look forward to having more with you. Yeah. And uh, to everybody else that wants to join in, message us. Um, you know, find us on Facebook, probably the easiest way to do with Messenger. Yeah. Or, or give us a call, 2625. Go ride. That's 2625, go ride. Just so you know, that's our phone number. Um, we had some other people call and leave messages for us and actually got our intro a couple episodes back. Yeah, Isaac. Uh, yep. And uh, Will likes your hat, your hat, Colin. Dude. Yes. Here you go. <laughs> I mean, get, it, get a closer look get right up. there. Boom. And he just farted on Chris. <laughs> Already taking Tyler's position in the show. I'm not commenting on that. I'm leaving <laughs> yeah. that one alone. Gotta not going to do it. Oh, that's what makes it fun. No, nah, man, I got to give a shout out to Sloan's for having, like, sorry, Chris, uh, one of the best apparel departments yeah. like out there. Oh, well, the, 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 it's huge. It is. Yeah. I go down there when I'm, you know, just hungry for new hoodies and yeah. hats and all kinds. Of, I went down there the other day and they had this whole, like, you know, Fox Racing <coughs> section, pick a brand. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, they had like 50 or 60 hats, and so, like, I just, I don't know, I dropped a good a good penny. You know, it's, it's kind of funny gear. when you look at the apparel world, and they're kind of segueing off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to sell a lot of apparel, you have to have a lot of apparel. Yeah. Which true. means you end up with a lot of apparel. Yes. Um, a lot of OBS. A lot yes. of OBS, <laughs> obsolescence. Yes. That's the word for it. And it's kind of one of those things. You gotta take the risk, but can you afford to? Do you want to take the risk? It's one of those deals where yeah. you you put your money in where you know you're gonna you're gonna have buyers and yeah. the stuff. That's right. Oh, trust me, there, 
their racks had a bunch of ten dollar hats. Oh that yeah, were, that were dusty. Oh right, yeah. you know, and it, that's just par for the Way course, right? Yeah. So oh, I, we all eat, I feel bad. I'm like the only no, fat dude, kid over here eating. No, you're not the only fat kid. No, on the you're couch. not the only fat kid <laughs> on the couch. Trust me. Um, my stuff's thawing right now, so when you guys get done, we'll start. I'm gonna start cooking. <laughs> so now we've kind of talked about Polaris. Yeah. Um, again, I hate to see them leave. Uh, victory leave the game. Yeah. Um, I haven't had a chance to buy a new one. Eventually, I'll buy an eight ball or something. Although, uh, yeah, they had a Vegas. Did yeah. You? How was it? New Vegas eight ball. Like, mm-hmm. Again, it was okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't get me super excited. I think after <laughs> I got rid of that, I got my first. 109, and that was just like... Oh, yeah. Oh, right. 109's fantastic. Um, great bike. Looked cool. Yeah. I had the the Vegas 8-ball. It was cool. <laughs> um, some chicken. It was good. It just didn't... It wasn't great. And here's Bay, everybody. And Bay is back. What about Indians, says Will Wright? Ah, Indians. Well, I mean, I'm glad to see the Indian brand back. I'm glad to see it's doing really well. Come here. Um, Come here. You know, was it the Gunner? Is their entry level bike? Was it the gun? Scout. No, it was the Scout. Scout. Honestly, I thought the Scout's a great looking bike. Scout does look good. Might not appeal to everybody. And what's uh, the price point? I think it's right at ten. Kelly says he not will ride his 10. hammer till the wheels fall off, and I don't doubt that. No, I've seen no. you ride, and uh, that's actually a really, really it is a good nice. bike. Yeah, the hammer looks that's, good. I was going back and forth between the hammer and the one hundred and nine. Yeah. And once I once I got on the one hundred and nine, I said that. One hundred and nine fantastic. Nice. Hey Sam, thanks for joining us. Uh, the scout, yes, the scout. Uh, yes, Zach yeah. says he can answer the question. Go ahead, Zach. We're waiting for your reply. What question? Are we uh, answering? I don't quite know because he said he can answer that. So we'll let Zach answer the question. Okay, and so we'll go this from will there. be this will be the Jeopardy section. Right of the now, night. supposedly there's a way I can get your questions to pop up on the screen. Um, We're the too computer's far. Computer's about eight feet that way. So I mean, that far. not six and a half. Um, whatever, Steph. Says Kelly rides that bike year round like a rock star. I will admit he is riding that bike. But I see him on that bike more than I see him doing anything else on Facebook. I can't do it right now. It's like he almost rides as much as he posts, if not more. I can't. I, I can't <laughs> ride when it's this cold because we all. Well, my I'm, tires. I'm, don't dude, work. I'm a fair weather rider. Oh, well, my my tires don't work right now. So it's well, like we okay, change that. Blame it on the tires. I've got GPAs <laughs> on the bike. <laughs> That's not our problem. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, you're the one that put GPAs on the bike. I know, true. Anyway. Um, yes, Polaris does own Victory and Indian. Yeah. So that's why they're pulling the plug so that mm-hmm. Indian, if you missed it in the beginning, um, Polaris has pulled the plug on Victory so that they can concentrate more of their resources into developing Indian. Um, one of our, is, and this is new news. Yeah. Like, I yeah, just happened found out about this this yesterday. Monday. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It happened Monday. Yeah, and everybody lost their minds on the internet all of a sudden. Oh, it was like. I mean, it's big news. Yeah. <laughs> and I hate it that we're losing an American, manuf- an American manufacturer. <laughs> Due to for whatever reason, yeah, they were running in the red for a while. Right, it is kind of like having two roosters in the hen house. But I hate. I mean, I was hoping to see because Polaris doesn't really have that more performance oriented side. I was hoping maybe they kind of turn Victory into the performance side of it eventually because they did that right. Roland Sands bike, right, right, that went up Pikes Peak, and they had the electric bike that they ran at the Isle of Man with. William Dunlop, he ended up third. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, it, it, I was hoping that would come <clears> through, but now with Victory doing Indian and they still own Bramo. Right. 
So, but maybe question start, are they going to con- concentrate yeah. on Bramble still? Ah, uh, that um, might be another couple of years, right? So we'll see. This, I'm just kind of throwing this out there. This is coming off the heels of one of the biggest recall issues, like in the history of the industry, with yeah. all of their razors. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I, that's one of those things I was, I had in the back of my right. mind because. Polaris is hugely known for their side by sides and their four wheel quads, ATVs. And uh, with that recall, I I can question how much of this decision was based on the actions they had to take for it. Well, okay, so for those of us who don't know side by sides, what was the recall? (laughs) Well, they were catching fire. Oh, that is a problem. Oh, yeah. Um, It was basically every razor from. The 800s up to the 1,000 turbos, which the 800s haven't been made for years. Yeah. And so we're talking about 10 years of razors. Right. And the recall wasn't one part. It was like 10. That so all, it's a design flaw. That it, was, it was a major design caught. flaw. Mm-hmm. With the turbos, they actually had to have a third-party company come in and help them figure out how to fix the problem. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. Because they couldn't they couldn't figure invested. out how to fix the problem. Wow. And then they put recall parts out and the recall parts got recalled. I mean, okay, so it was a double recall on the same it, issue. It was it was an absolute disaster. That's yeah. That that because side by sides are the hottest thing in the industry right now. Or they I don't know if they still are. They were when they first because I mean, they're the money maker. Yeah, because you know. I remember when the Rhino 660 hit. When that thing came out. Every, I, How old are you? I, shut <laughs> up. So, you know, everybody's used to the mule. Right. It's a, like a really strong golf cart. And then the 660 Rhino. It's a Rhino, great work machine. No, great work machine. Yeah, but yeah. that Rhino 660 came out. I remember driving one. I'm like, this thing's insane. This is awesome. And then it just went from there. Yeah. It took a couple of years, but... Yeah, now you've got Maverick X3 turbos, yeah. which will run 80. <laughs> That's ridiculous you know, yeah. to me. Kind of going to our message board here. Stephanie says, in regards to that, bet some engineers lost jobs on oh, that. Oh, they, I hope oh, they yeah, did. Oh, yeah, sure. definitely. That, the entire so. engineer, engineering department on the fuel... Because it sounds like, okay, if stuff's catching fire, it sounds like it's a fuel tank venting issue or a right. fuel running issue. It had some... It was electrical. I mean, really? I really... I, I really don't know. Yeah. I'm not a tech. Sure. Anybody that's watching this that knows me, like, <laughs> like I don't know how to change my oil. Um, I'm pretty sure that it had something to do with the electrical system. Okay. And I mean, it was it was a big boo boo. We had a yeah. lot of Polaris customers coming in with right. one thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollar coupons cut or checks. Wow! Cut to them from Polaris as an, I'm sorry. Yeah, and they could lay that down on top of all rebates and existing programs. Right. Damn. Yeah, and so there are people coming in. Yeah, I, MSRP on a Razor 1000 XP might be in the mid twenties. They've got a three thousand dollar rebate on leftover on models whatever. on top of a two thousand dollar check they can put down. Yeah, Jesus. Right. See, wow, I knew that had to play a part in some of it. Yeah. And they, they were they were also um, paying service departments mm-hmm. to yeah, fix to do the warranty right. work. So it's yeah. a lot of money. And I, I don't mean just paying a warranty work; like they were paying them extra money as a hey, thanks for taking care of us. Wow, so, because yeah. you know in the motorcycle industry and even car industry, 
Warranty work doesn't really pay a lot. Warranty work doesn't pay shit. At all. So, you know, that's good to see Polaris taking care of the yep. techs that are out there. A um, couple things people are saying in regards to uh, being fair weather riders. Kelly says, that's why God gave us cows. Leather. <laughs> no, that's why God gave us cars and heaters. <laughs> uh, so, I can't hate the guy. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with him. Right. Now... Tyler's joined us online. Hey! So at least he's here somewhere. He's here in spirit. Eventually, I'll find yes. a way to put him on the screen, even though he's not physically here. Uh, working on that. Um, Zach replied. He Zach, re- Zach. Yep, Zach. He actually um, is at a dealership in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. Um, is also a Polaris, uh, sorry, Indian dealer. Oh, okay, buddy. So, Zach he team. says, they got an official letter from Polaris that basically said, Victory Market Shares has not grown enough where Indian has done much better. Okay. So that's what they're doing. So again, kind of reinvesting the money into sure. Indian over. And I can't um, I can't fault Polaris for no. that. So no. But and he said that he can explain better but take a while. So um we'll have to get you on that yeah. here soon. I'd like to actually hear your end of the story, Zach. Um now where was I going with this? Um I actually had another conversation with another one of our listeners um in regards to this and He's okay with it being developed, Indian being developed further. Yeah. But he's wondering, are they just going to stick with the heritage the entire way? I, he doesn't want to see a cruiser that looks like it was built, you know, a touring bike. Yeah. That looks like it was built in 1950 or right. 1920 I, even. If the way that a lot of the heritage brands are doing their stuff now, you see the big thing in, I guess, modern retro right now, where you've got your Ducati Scramblers, you've got mm-hmm. the the boom that is the Triumph Classic line. Right. You've got... Huh. We'll get into them yeah. too soon. Yeah. You've got <clears throat> Honda with the CB1100 that's... They've done two model versions on it now. You've got um, everybody pretty much bringing out the heritage brands, save maybe Suzuki. And Kawasaki. And Actually, no. No, they got the W800. Yeah. Oh, they've got the W800 in Europe. In Europe. They haven't brought yeah. it over here And yet. they've got... Suzuki's got the Van Van 200. Well, got that's the not... That's... that's Neither here nor there. But the they've van, got heritage line. The, the heritage line, yes. But the Van Van 200, that's the thing that you have behind your camper when you want to run around the campground. Yes. All right. uh, or not, you have EZ90. Yeah. Well, that too. <laughs> but it's, the Van Van, it, the van Van's not going to be a street bike all that often here. Right. Whereas over there, it's going to be huge. Um, the heritage thing, the way Indy needs to do it, you need to have the Chief, you need to have the Scout, you need mm-hmm. to have the big touring bike. Right. With the big bounce, fender, fenders and everything, you need to have your... Your uh, soft tail fighter that has the look and everything right. else, but you need to have that push and technology that Harley has, but they don't. Right. You know, Harley's hamstrung by a buyership and a, by a customer base that's so set in it has to be air cooled and it has to be this, that, and the other thing, or it's not a Harley, I give you the V Rod. Right. How the V Rod hasn't sold really all that much. They've yeah. sold, don't get me wrong, it's popular, but it's not. It's it sold well dynamic. enough to make different variants, yeah. but not exactly. It's not, it's a, not a dyna, it's not a bagger. It's not a road glide. No. So you need to have, like for Indian to really get pushed, and you need to have your street glide and your ultra classic fighter. And you need your sportster fighter, which is your scout. Mm-hmm. And then you need the mid-range which is your diamond well, you need something that's cheaper than 11 yeah. grand yes exactly. 10 grand yep. you need so you need a buy-in you need like thousand dollar bike yeah yep. eighty five hundred dollar buy-in that's yep. why the scrambler's flying off the shelf it's eight right. grand for a brand new ducati right. yeah. and same thing with the bolt yeah and the bolt i yep. completely forgot yep. about yeah, that bolt. we've got one in the garage right now great bike mm-hmm. so air cleaner's in the wrong spot but great. well they're going off of the classic v-twin where yeah that's where your air cleaner is right 
where your right knee where is your right to be. your soft spot of your right knee is supposed to be. Yeah, but it's you have to keep pushing on that. You need to have the technology right. in there. You, Indian can succeed because they've got the bankroll of Polaris behind them officially sure. now. But again, they need to keep one hand, you know, in the heritage. Yes. But at the same time, on the other hand, they need to be innovating and doing stuff. Which, again, going back to victories, I thought they were handsome bikes. They yes. didn't look. Like and they, they had came out of the fifties, which is Harley shtick. Yeah, you know. And they had the they had the Ness family working with them. Uh, Zach says that the Scout sixties eighty nine ninety nine. Okay, So they're very close. That's they're close. Yeah. That's a lot better. Yeah. But you had the Ness brother. You had the Ness family working with Victory, doing all their custom stuff. Right. Roland Sands built that Pikes Peak bike. That bike right. looked fucking fantastic. Right. That bike. I was hoping that bike would come out like in real life as a like a. Off the showroom floor model. Right. That bike was cool. But, oh well. Yeah, you know, all is not lost if you are a victory owner, and I know some of you out there are. I know some of you yeah. out there are. Um, they're still going to be offering parts uh, to years. maintain the bike for 10 years. So about 2027 is when everything's going to start drying up. So stock up. Yeah, Especially buy every Kelly. oil filter you can find. Yes. Well, oil filters I don't think are going to be that big of an issue because you still have... Uh, aftermarket companies making them don't matter yeah. buy every last one you can get <laughs> buy more wheels that when you yes. ride the wheels off of it you can keep riding yes absolutely buy um, wheels and buy if you can buy bodywork buy bodywork trust me yes <clears throat> now let's shift some gears let's go into the other winning oh uh, god let's talk no, about no, triumph when they, oh lord uh, so let's well, before we get into moto 2 and triumph Let's start with yesterday's unveiling oh, of the brand new Street Triple uh, Seven Sixty Five. This bike, bad bike. Oh yeah, looks mean as shit. Yeah, I'm not kidding. This bike looks mean as hell. So thank God they punched the motor out because now you can go against your Brutal Eight Hundreds, right? And your big, your larger displacement middleweights that are over in Europe so much. This bike here, <coughs> it looks mean. They've got three levels, the S, the R, and the RS. Correct. And the RS is going to be the one with all the Olins and quick shifter. Yeah, PFT stuff. display, because yeah. that's the way to go now. Yeah. Um, the big one, like, the, the cool thing about Triumph is when they get the chassis right, it's right throughout the whole line where, mm-hmm. you know, you just get lower buck suspension. A speed triple S, which is like two or three grand lower than a speed triple R, mm-hmm. you still get fully... What are the price Kelly, thanks for joining this? us. Kelly's going to be leaving, so... Thanks for joining us. Glad you could be part of the show. Thank you. Price point on the Speed Triple or the Street Triple? The Speed, I think it's around... The Speed Triple R is around 15 and a half, I think. The Street... Well, that's the big one. That's the 1050. Right, okay. The, what street, the street Triple's... Like, right now, it's around nine. Okay. So, so they're going after FZ09. Yeah, oh, they're yeah. going after FZ09 yeah. in a big way. FZ09 was, was a very big hit. Oh, it was a home run. It man. was a home run for Yamaha. The suspension's crap, but... Um, the motor is fantastic, and the price point you get into is really good. Mm-hmm. Your lower range for the Street Triple 765 is going to be your S and your R. That's going after your FZ09. Yeah. Your RS is going after your track day guys, mm-hmm. your high-end performance guys that want something that may not want something that is hair on fire all the time. It's a little right. more relaxed. <coughs> um, or your guys like some of our friends that bought FZ09s and put a ton of suspension work in it and motor and everything else. Doug. Doug. Right. But, um, yeah, that's a mean Doug. bike, though. That's a pretty slick, that's a really mm-hmm. mean FZ09. But, the cool thing is, the as we learned, as I said everybody last, told everybody last week, the only way you're going to get me off my BMW is a seven is an 800cc Daytona. The only way I'm coming off of it. Isaac, know. if you're listening, 
I told you last week. Again, your camera's up there, sir. Whatever. I'm looking at so, the mic. Let's look at this straight triple S. The straight triple S. That's the base, the the base model. Yeah. All right. This thing from the factory base model, lighter than the 675 Street Triple. Doesn't, doesn't surprise me. Show suspension. Okay. Updated swing arm. Actually, all new swing arm. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit longer, mm-hmm. probably. 765 cc engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, ride by wire throttle. Means it's going to be able to have cruise control on it. Two riding modes, ABS, and traction control. Price still not quite announced yet, but it's coming. It'll be around FZO. It'll be probably a touch more than FZO9 because the build yeah, quality is going to be a lot cleaner. Yes. So, hey, Amy. Ham, welcome back. Ham, um, Let's step it up to the Triple R. Uh, ooh, wait, go back. All right. So, additional features are four instead of two riding modes. Yep. New angle adjustable full color TFT uh, instruments with five inch screen, mm-hmm. um, not Android or iOS compatible. Uh, Yet. Fully adjustable show of suspension and Brembo radial monoblock uh, mono front brake calipers. That's going to be your performance buy yeah. for the next couple of years. Yes. That's going to be the sleeper hit. And then you get into the RS. This thing looks yeah. mean. Uh, God, this thing looks mean. So, say it still. Actually, additional track riding mode. Yep. Lap timer, quick shifter, um, Pirelli Diablo Super Corsa SP tires, uh, fully adjustable Olin's STX40 rear mono shock. Really? They put yep. a 40 on there? Yeah. Uh, fully adjustable. I'm surprised they didn't go with Olin's in the front, but they went with the uh, big piston Showa forks. Okay, those are the same forks yeah. that they put on the ZX10 right. and the new GSXR 1000. So right. And the BPF forks are actually really damn good. Upgrading the monoblock from Brembo. These are M50s, where the R's have an M4.32. The M50 is a lot stronger. It's a different. It's a different master cylinder up top too. So there's a lot more feel. You get a lot more initial bite with the M50, yeah. and you'll be able to <clears throat> can, you'll be able to modulate it a lot better. Yeah, I mean it's just awesome. That, and the best thing about this is it might trickle across, not down, but trickle across. To the other bike that shares the street triple. Platform. If they do it, if they do a Daytona 765, I will. I, yes. I'm not saying I will do it, but I will be very, very, very interested in that bike. <coughs> Just because but, I adore my BMW, I do. I love that thing, but there's something about a fast three-cylinder full-fared bike to me. There's just right. something about it. I, I don't know. Now the question is because I had this conversation earlier today with someone else. Uh, if they do a 765 Daytona, mm-hmm. how will that affect the racing world? Because you have an exemption to run a 675. You have an exemption to run a 675 because it's a triple. Right. But we all know that in 2018, Dorna's pushing to get rid of the World Supersport mm-hmm. class and make it a naked bike class. Yes. So, Woo-hoo. yeah. So with this, this being a shot across the bow, and if you can get it to where it's... You have like a performance equalizer. Like if you've got your FZ09, you can have the power, but you can't have a certain width of tire or a certain amount of weight. It has to be that kind of thing. And if you're running like a 765, you have you don't you may not have the weight quality, and you've got the same. If you can even it out to where like the power and weight ratios are the same, and you can make the tires if you have if you run a spec tire class that kind of thing with it, it could work. You could run a Shiver 900 Aprilia if you right. want to. Right. I don't know why, who would, but you could. Um, you could if you wanted to. Like if you get like a GSR 750, mm-hmm. you get a GSR GSR 750 from a, from Suzuki, and you can run that and run all of the tuning knowledge that you have for eons of GSXR 750s that they right. built off. Exactly. So if 
if Dorna if Dorna and World Superbike do the middleweight naked class because we all they're all doing the three hundred super sport class. Right. They're doing that next year. If they do the naked bike, which I'm actually really excited about because we Very all know so. I'm a huge naked bike fan. Um It could be. It could be. It's going to be fun to watch and see how this right. this we, develops. We talked about what's it a couple the back what's the you. restriction of middleweight. Middleweight for like World Supersport right now, it's six hundred to four cylinder. If it's a three cylinder, it's six seventy five. Okay, you can run it just because on a three cylinder you can't rev as high and like it's more right. a lot more broad. You don't have the upper end hit. Whereas you know you've got your you know your big four six hundreds. And then you've got your MV six seventy five, MV Augusta six seventy five, and you've got your your Daytona, right? That's racing in World Supersport. That's all homologated for Super World Supersport right. racing. Um, you know this six hundreds aren't selling, Not really. Sport bikes, period. Sport aren't bikes aren't selling, aren't selling. so it's because they're too damn expensive. That that, that yes, is very that true. is very true. Very true. And we'll so, actually get into that here yeah. in just a minute. We're oh, yeah, they're they're pricing themselves out of their market. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that here in a couple of minutes. What? No, they're not. There's no <laughs> zipper. They're drawstring. Shut up. Oh, ham. Oh, uh, real quick. Of course it's ham. Right. Dickhead. Would be ham said. Real quick. Matthew joined in. He said, naked bikes rule. We do agree. Yes. Naked forever. I love naked bikes. Um, also want to say hello to Chad. Thanks for joining us, Chad. You're awesome. Uh, he's a track day guy. So yes. you have a lot to Dude. in common. Bowling Green, April 24th. He's probably already set up. Okay, cool. Um, and, Come say, uh, we'll be out there. Come holler at Also, us. Amy, thank you for sharing. That is awesome. Everyone, if you uh, know anybody that's into bikes, who doesn't? Uh, share. Share this video. Yes. It would be awesome. Get Please. more people in, involved. Uh, if you've missed anything because you just joined in, you can always uh, comment and everything on the... Wow. That was um, interesting. <laughs> um, always comment... Even if you're watching this after we've gone off the air, I, keep, after we're I don't know live. exactly how to say that. After, the, after um, the live show is ended. Yes, you can still comment. We will still see it. We will still answer. And then we can also come back on the next episode and answer your questions also. Absolutely. Um, and again, if you are watching this afterwards, you can reach out to us on Messenger um, or even give us a call. 2625. Go ride. That's right. Um Ham says insurance on sport bikes are insane too. Yes, over a naked bike, that is very yes. very true. Yes, uh, especially for the millennial. You're the you're younger yeah. bike. Yeah. Um, Before we jump into that, we have other triumph we have, news. Yes, we have other triumph news. Actually, we have a lot more to cover still. Yes. So let's talk about the other bit of triumph news, and then we'll get into the meat of the Honda. Good. Since they are killing the CBR 600 off at the end of this year. <coughs> They are no longer going to be providing Moto2 engines for the Moto2 teams. That's going to Triumph in twenty either 2018 or 2019. Big win for Big Triumph. Big win for Triumph. Cool thing is, it's going to be a 750 triple, so it's not going to sound like a bunch of screaming banshees. It's going to sound like old school Formula 1 cars. Yes. It's going to be odd. Yes. The way the torque build is going to probably going to end up being, is going to be, there's going to be still be the top end power, but you're going to have a lot more torque. You're going to have a lot more sideways action, so... Those of us who are watching Sam Lowe's sideways all year. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait to see what happens. They were doing... There was a company in England. I think it was T... I have to look it up and I'll post it. They were doing a prototype version of a Moto2 bike with a Triumph, with a 675 motor to do a feeder series in England. They were developing it so you could buy in. You could buy the Moto2 bike. You could race the Moto2 bike 
in a, like a feeder series over to Europe. Whereas, you know, you get n- most of your stuff, it's based 600 based. There's not a whole lot of non-production race bikes out there anymore. So you have the ability to get on a prototype race bike mm-hmm. at a relatively cost-effective price right. point. I mean, yeah, you're still spending thirty grand on a race bike, right? But it's a whole lot cheaper. And then building it from there. Well, I mean, you they you had turnkey bikes that you that you could race. Mm-hmm. Getting to the door was thirty, and then like with upgrades and better suspension and that kind of stuff, it's, it it goes up from there. But you could get on a prototype motorcycle and race and be in a prototype class where all your feeder series here in the U.S. and for most of it, it's all production-based. And production-based stuff, it might say Yamaha on the tank, mm-hmm. but there is absolutely nothing in common with an R1 and an M1. Right. Zero. Right. There's nothing in common with that. Yeah. So it's helps. Several generations yeah. across. Yeah. yeah. So it helps your new riders coming mm-hmm. up to get on a prototype bike and know that you can adjust everything and it's a much better feeder series and with this with a 750 three cylinder motor I I'm just excited to see what Moto 2 does oh yeah I really and can't wait to answer Will Wright's question he asked they're going to be triples absolutely yes it will be a triple because yes, that's and, what Triumph does very, yeah very Triumph has been doing triples very well for a long time <coughs> Matt Oxley the MotoGP writer for Motorsport Magazine probably the biggest racing magazine on the planet been going since the 20s um he did a really neat article and i haven't read all of it but it's on motorsportmagazine.com it's matt oxley he's won the isle of man he's raced everything from world superbike to 250 gp everything else so he is beyond knowledgeable about what he's talking about and it's really neat he goes through the history because triumph's been in business since 1902 but it's never won a grand prix gotcha so now it will Right, but it's. I'm really excited about this. It's going to be yes, fun. The bikes are going to be excited. a lot skinnier, and it's going to. It's and they're going, going to sound amazing. Oh, it's going to sound so much better, so much better. Very nice. But anyway, all right. That? Well, let's uh, let's segue back towards what we were here for. Yes. Let's talk about 2016 and how it affected the motorcycle industry as we know it. Sure. Yeah. Um, Colin and I actually had a conversation. A couple. Wow. Well, it's been maybe a while. two months ago now. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, um, just kind of discussing this and uh, kind of really blew my mind. So, what are we seeing out there? What What's happened? Uh, motorcycles are dying. Is what's happening. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got I've got pages and pages of notes that go more in depth. But I've got emails and emails and yes. emails yeah. of notes that he sent me. And we can do in depth discussion on this. Later yeah, and whatever we want to do. I mean, basically, it just it comes down to. I'll just read it straight from the press. This is from. Oh, where is it? Basically, he'll motor, right in. oh yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> Motorcycle Industry Council, which yeah. the MIC is is basically the main go to when it comes to. Uh, demographics and, and stuff of, of the industry and what's going on. Um, and I'm just going to read straight from this. Okay. The median age of owners increased from 27.1 years of age in 1985 to 41 years of age in 2003. In 2008 and 2009, it has now jumped up to... 
Let's see here. Well, I'll just look at 2014. 2014, median age, 47. Oh, man. So we are cresting 50 years old as the median age for motorcycle owners in the United States. That's the problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, What is causing that, you know, there's all kinds of ideas as far as what's going on, but... We talked about sport bikes dying. Right. Yeah. If you're looking at the median age of motorcycle owners mm-hmm. in the United States being 50, most of them don't want to get on a sport bike. They're not buying 636s. They're not buying no. ZX10s. Right. You know, they're not buying anything close to that. Mm-hmm. And so, I guarantee you, you look at any dealership, you know, in the country at their on road. Sport bike sales over the past few years, I mean, is doing nothing but go down. Yes, yes, yeah. Off the table curve, I think is what they call it. Yes, and uh, Ham says that explains a lot, and honestly, it does. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I mean, granted, we do know people who are at the median age that still ride the hell out of you know, yeah, a sport bike or you know, something similar. Yeah, but But in general, um, again, I know Harley Davidson. Has kind of been trying to capture the uh, the younger market yeah. for a while now. Came out with the, the street uh, bikes, the street models. Well, that's um, that was the- Harley. Harley has always been the best at creating an identity. Yes, yeah. you know, yeah. Harley does a really good job at you know their apparel mm-hmm. and and creating. A, a culture around yes. the brand. Yeah, <coughs> nobody else does it like they do. Nobody Honda, else can. Yamaha, yeah. Yeah, right. Nobody else can. And so, you know, like nobody else can touch what they do as far as their their marketing. When you when you walk into a Harley dealership, you know your your jaw hits the floor because they they see the big picture. Mm-hmm. You know, they they get all of it. Yes. You know, yeah. so it's, both of us have worked at Harley Davidson. Yeah, so we know what it's like. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Stephanie says, uh, which means cruisers are taking over. Also, yes and no because yeah, it's it, there. Seems to be while there are cruisers, most of them tend to now be either a Harley or a Victory or Indian. Yeah, uh, but I think we've seen a bigger rise in the adventure bike type. Yeah. Which is, you know, not, it's not a cruiser, but you're still sitting more upright. You're, You've got the luxuries of that a cruiser provides without, you know, being feet forward and having to look like you ride a Harley, which isn't necessarily a bad it's thing. It's not a bad thing, but it's not for everybody. I mean, right. you see a lot of, I mean, your, your R9Ts and your, um, again, your Triumph stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's probably what's moving the most just mm-hmm. because it's, it's comfortable, it's not... Cost prohibitive per se, you know, for the median buyer who's mm-hmm. forty seven now, you're going to have disposable income to drop that kind of coin on something. Where I mean, I, we were listening to a Misfits podcast mm-hmm. one night. The guy's first bike impulse buy was an R nine T. Right. You know, so that's not that's not anything that we're really running into a whole lot. But you know, no one's buying. You're high end. Nobody's buying ZX tens. Nobody's buying because they don't have fifteen thousand dollars. That's that's very true for for a sport bike. For right. a sport yeah. bike, yeah. You know, and kind of one of those things we talked about is people who are just getting into the game. Mm-hmm. You know, what options do you have that isn't super intimidating? 
I mean, right. you've got the CB500 and the CB300, uh, you know, which is going to be more of a, a sta- closest thing to a standard bike as yeah. you can get mm-hmm. uh, outside of a Bonneville. Yeah. Uh, and even the FZ07, you know, that's a little hellion if you twist the throttle enough. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> you know? Uh, I'll, I've got I've got some more yeah. statistics. Hit us. Motorcycle engine sizes and motorcycle weights yeah. are increasing in the United States. While new sales of motorcycles with engines of 750cc or more increased 54% um, during the same period, the mid-sized engine category of 350cc to 449cc declined 60%. So, again, 350cc to 450cc, which we would consider beginner motorcycles, has declined 60% over the past, what, like 30 years. Right. And 750 and up has gone up 54%. Over the same time period? Yeah, over the same time period. So bikes are getting bigger, heavier, more expensive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the people that bought the 300s back when they were popular have stayed with it and have started Oh, they're buying. still in. Yeah, they're still right. in. Which we'll get... Yeah. I've got what I think is the the root of the entire problem mm-hmm. as far as us losing, you know, the, the 20, 30-year-olds, the, the, the 18, 19-year-olds. Yeah. Like I, we'll get to it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when, when you're looking at over the past 30 years... Mid-size engine bikes dropping sixty percent, and bikes over seven hundred fifty cc's increasing fifty four percent. Everything's getting heavier, faster, more expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, which is very true. Uh, I mean, they're they're making it much more appealing to get on something like the FZ07 mm-hmm. versus you know like a Ninja three hundred. Ninja three hundred, right? Because you know everyone knows, hey, Ninja three hundred, or at least this is a common thought. You get on this bike, you learn how to ride it. Six months later, you're buying something different. So why not just buy the bike that's a little bit bigger? Yeah, and have the one bike that I'm not going to have to go and buy another one. Right. You know, that's been the that's that's been the mentality permeate, permeating the industry for a long for time. Twelve years. Right. So when I first when I first got in the industry in '05, it was young guy like the younger crowd were buying sport bikes. '04, mm-hmm. '05. You couldn't keep a 600 on the showroom no. floor at the time. Now, you've got 600. What are you talking about? Like what year time frame? 04, 05. Okay. 2004, 2005. Before the modern retro thing really hit hard. Right. Like, we're, like when you couldn't give away a ZRX 1200 or a Ducati Sport Classic. Right. You couldn't give them away. Now, They're you cold. can't find a Sport Classic under 10 grand. Right. Yep. Can't do it. So... <coughs> Now, everyone's kind of getting every like everything. Everything is in this modern retro deal, mm-hmm. and when you're high end, it looks like a something from the future and all that stuff. It's not really doing anything, right? Well, I think a big part of the problem happened back in the I'm going to say late '80s through the '90s when we lost all the displacements that used to be available to us. We used to have 450s and 400s, yeah. you know, and in 550s even yeah and then they just kind of faded away for you know the classic 250 600 750 
uh, 900 at the time, now 1,000. Yeah. Um, and then you had your bigger bikes. You, you had know, your cruisers. You had your yeah. gold wings. You had your... God, they had, what were the... What was the Suzuki? The, what was the big Suzuki and the big... The 250? No, the big... The uh, big touring bikes that they had. Because everybody had touring bikes. Right. Like um... 1300s. Yeah, they're all thir- FJ 1300s and that. FJ 1100. Well, yeah, FJ 1100. Um, the Voyager was a yeah. 1200. Something. They, they yeah. had the Pacific Coast and everything else, but now everything's so regimented. You have your sport bikes, mm-hmm. you have your adventure bikes, you have your cruisers, you yeah. have your beginner bikes, you have, you know, just all these little deals, and now nobody really wants to have to be stuck in one category. Exactly. So, um, Ham says, uh, and we also lost the. Uh, the two-stroke street bikes back in the 80s. Uh, Matthew says uh, he completely agrees uh, because if you can handle a 300, you can handle a 650 and a 900 with a little more understanding and training. True. So, very true. And we, me and you have a little bit different opinion on what constitutes you know, a beginner bike. I remember we texted back and forth. Yes, we did. And liked about this. Um, I mean, I don't know. If... If I get that customer that walks into my dealership that has never ridden a motorcycle before, Mm -hmm. just fresh out of the MSF class, (coughs) and they're looking at a sport bike, like, I am not comfortable putting them on an FC07, put them on a Ninja 650, put them on an SV650. Like, Ninja 300, R3, CB300, all the way. Yeah. You know, now, after they get some months of seat time and that can they step up definitely absolutely yeah I mean I'm a bad example because I started off on an SB yeah I, mean, I started off on a 636 yeah. and an R1 and you're <laughs> you, you and don't a little 100cc Kawasaki Enduro yeah so I we're all bad right. examples of how you're right. supposed to do this right but an Ninja 300, I completely understand, and I completely agree with someone who has never, ever, ever, ever been on a motorcycle except mm-hmm. for MSF course. Mm-hmm. If you have a little bit of dirt experience, like if you came up on dirt bikes and that kind of stuff, that's totally different. Completely, completely different you, situation. You at least have the, uh, you, the you know basic how to work skills. a clutch. Yeah, you right. can work a clutch. You understand balance. You understand that kind of stuff. But if you're fresh off the MSF course, you don't need to be anywhere near anything over 40 horsepower. At that, at most, right. You know, and another thing too is making sure whatever bike you get fits you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, most of these bikes, especially a sport bike, they're set up tall because that's the way they're supposed to be to handle better. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we kind of learned the hard way with the the Queen's bike. Um, <laughs> definitely lowering a bike if you're short, short her, definitely will help build yes. confidence. Uh, because if you're not confident handling the bike. That's where you're going to get into trouble. Yeah. I mean... And uh, Stephanie says, and I'm sure she's going to say a little bit more after that last comment, Yep. Uh, a learner bike should be a used bike. Which is honest, because you will drop the bike. I agree with that. Period. And if you buy a new bike as your learner, (coughs) you need to put in either crash bars or you need to put frame sliders in it. Yes. Because that saved the queen and I. His queen. My queen, yes. Saved her... Because we got her a bolt. That's what she wanted. It worked. It works out fine. Great She's bike. great on the bolt. We I put crash bars on that thing the minute we got it home. Yep. And it saved us save has saved us a few times. So if you do that, you buy a new bike, put some kind of bike some kind of protection on it. Mm-hmm. Put frame sliders, at least put frame sliders. Protect your investment. Or crash bars on it. Yep. If it's a cruiser. 
What else you got for us? What else? Oh, yeah. dude, I've lots. I've got like twenty pages. Fire oh, away! Fire away, dude! We got time. Um, <coughs> so more on demographics. In nineteen ninety, as far as motorcycle ownership under the age of eighteen, yeah, eight percent of the market. Mm-hmm. What's going on, Brandon? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> in two thousand and fourteen, two percent. That. Mm-hmm. Two percent. Let me. I'll continue. That's sad. Eighteen to twenty-four. Mm-hmm. In nineteen ninety, sixteen percent of the market. Uh, eighteen to twenty-four again in two thousand and fourteen, six percent. Wow. So, I, I'm not good at math, but we're looking at like a seventy-five percent decline. Yeah. In ownership from the age twenty-four and under. Right. That's, you know, that's that could be environment. That could be, because I can see the environment being where you've got for like the eighteen hundred crowd, you've got the parents that were part of that, come, like coming of age with bikes and everything right. else, that lost friends and lost stuff. That oh my god, that I'll never have. I'll never let you have a motorcycle. This that and anything. We all fight that. Right. Whereas, you know, you turn 18 to 24, you don't have to worry about that anymore, mm-hmm. technically. But but you're looking at 18 to 24-year-olds, 30-year-olds, mm-hmm. who never had that growing up. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's know. that's the root problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and we talked about this, and I think what a lot of it is, is, you know, when we were growing up and we saw motorcycles... We saw motorcycles. Yeah, we yeah. knew we we had saw to. them go down the road. Yes. We heard them with our own ears. Unfortunately, most of the people who have been growing up in the last let's call it 12, 15 years, yeah. they're seeing it on YouTube. Here. Yeah. yeah. They're they're hearing it because somebody else recorded it. They're not going after they're not getting the same stimuli that we yeah. did growing up. Um yeah. Um, well, yeah, and there's that too. Stephanie says a thought on this is the new generation of health conscious, safety conscious people yeah. coming up. You know, everyone's mm-hmm. worried about getting hurt, mostly because they're not getting the experiences on their. It own. all starts when they're when yeah. they're yeah. kids. Then yeah. this is what I was alluding to earlier. <clears throat> In my opinion, and and I talked to some some really good guys at, at Garage Composites: Tony Gonzalez, Sam Danzler. Um, right now they're pretty much like the premier trainers <coughs> in the industry and I talked to them both about what they thought and they I emailed them separately Yeah. and they both came back with the exact same answer um, and I'll, I'll read basically what, what this guy Tony said and I mean he, he knows it he's traveling around the country doing trainings with, with dealerships he knows what's going on in the market all of this that I got basically came yeah. from them um, one the industry is doing a terrible job at filling the funnel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't market to kids. We don't hold youth riding academies, mm-hmm. etc. Um, two, OEMs do not make the price points of youth bikes affordable. Mm-hmm. Three, the parenting paradigm. Yeah. Of yeah. like, and he says, not letting kids be outside, get hurt, play contact sports, do dangerous things, etc. Helicopter parents allowing their kids to have an iPad, PlayStation, so not for them to get outside, play in the mud, build tree forts. Yeah. You know, when I grew up, 
use their imaginations. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I'm I'm pushing 37. Nintendo came out when I was pretty well past that point. Yeah. You know, like it was a cool new thing, mm-hmm. but prior to Nintendo and Sega and like the whole gaming world mm-hmm. coming of age, I was out there on my mini bike already. Yeah. Right. And video games came out and I was like, that's cool. I'd rather be out like getting yeah, money, right. you yeah. know, and jumping. Um, you know, I mean, on that note, when Nintendo first came out, and Daniel's just a hair younger than I am, you know, I was all about video games. Trust me, yeah. I played. I spent a lot of time playing video games, but at the same time, I spent probably half as much or the same amount of time, if not more, outside. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a gaming system <clears throat> in my house till I was sixteen. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. Let me meet James. I know, but James is asking how to find the video. Uh, If you can't find the video, which you're probably having a hard time finding this, um, just jump on our YouTube or Facebook Facebook page. Yeah. You should be able to find it. But I didn't have a game system in my house until I was 16. Like, I could buy it myself. You know, but I was always bicycles, dirt bikes, uh, when I could, you know, when we had them. Um, contact sports or anything right. else, and it's it's the people who were, it's the generation that were doing that that got hurt and remember, oh that hurt, I never want to do it again. That have turned into the right. helicopter parents. Right. That that drives me bananas mm-hmm. when I see that. By the way, let right. your kids be kids. Let them learn on their own. Right. Don't live through your children. Right. Now, so Stephanie says that on that note, kids just aren't experiencing childhood like we did, and not—it's not necessarily the parents' fault. There are quite a few world, that will do that. Just world, it's the world society because I can tell you, we are always telling them go outside, yeah, do something. <laughs> but you know, in the last, granted, right now it's winter time, so being outside, go outside anyway. We did, yeah, we and yes, where I grew up. In Hawaii, yeah, it was it, always warm. You didn't no, know. hell no. Where I live, it got to forty degrees at night. Oh wow, forty degrees at night. Excuse me. Go out and ride. It was sixty degrees. Go out and ride. Day. Go out and ride. Could you, no, no, could you ride not, during the day? Track yeah, I can't. <laughs> anyway, but it's. I, I we're always going to be the. The exception to the rule, or not really exception to the well, rule. Anybody that's watching this right now yeah. is an exception to the rule because I grew up watching on any Sunday. Yeah, I watched that yeah. at least once a week for twelve years. Yeah, so I'm, I was doomed from birth from the beginning. Yeah, so I don't know. I it's mm-hmm. the and Brandon Benefield just said, uh, yeah. "Evil Can Evil" is a huge influence on our generation, and he was. Yeah. Uh, also, real quick, Jason, thank you for stopping by and yes. listening. Um, we love having you here. I'll see you around some more. Yeah. Um, you had Evil Knievel. I mean, you've got Travis Pastrana now, but you see, on one hand, you see Travis, and you see all of the injuries he's had. Right. You can see all the fun that he's having, and you see all the all the money that man's made, but then you see all the medical bills that they had to pay. <laughs> well, true. That's that's keeping everybody off of it too. But at the same time, it was just far enough away where it's like. Okay, that's cool. You just weren't there. Yep. Now, today, um, Will grew up watching the Krusty Demons of Dirt. That's another one. That's where right. they found Travis. Right. Uh, so, but yeah. But kids nowadays, they can pop pop onto YouTube 
and watch any moto vlogger and get the experience of riding a bike without having to worry about riding a bike. We'll see the mo- well with moto vlogging. Moto vlogging, you know, moto vlogging is good and bad. We've talked we'll talk about, about it in later. the previous I'm not episode about tonight. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, again, they're getting their the experience through someone else. Yeah, and that's kind of what the new generation's all about. True. Yeah. The 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 problem now, it, when we're talking about the rising median age of, of motorcycle owners in the country, in my opinion, in, in Tony and Sam's opinion, and a lot of other people I've talked to, Doug, mm-hmm. yeah. it, it's it's not that we are not capturing millennials now; it's the industry didn't capture them. When they were kids, yeah. when they, were they did a shitty job yeah. of marketing to them and capturing them mm-hmm. when they were kids, and so now when they're old enough to actually get their own motorcycles, like they're just not in it. No, I, when we talk about you know millennials, and when I say millennial, I mean I I think from eighteen to thirty five. Yeah, and and they come in. There's basically three types mm-hmm. there's there's guys like us mm-hmm. who have grown up with it and ridden their whole life there's guys that have never had a motorcycle before <clears throat> um, but have always you know found it to be really intriguing they have always wanted to get into it and yeah. they finally have gotten to a spot in their life where they can afford it right and so they end up getting an Ninja 650 or an SV or a mm-hmm. FC07 or something like that or a cruiser a bolt mm-hmm. Um, the new Vulcan S. Yeah. Um, and then you got the guys that come in that are looking for a <coughs> 1980 CB or, you know, an yeah. old Triumph Bonneville. I, like, I can't tell you how many phone calls I get for guys that are like, man, you got any used, like, $800 no. button? And I'm like, do get you, out. With an engine? Yeah. You know, do you want to run? Do you want tires on it? Yeah, right. You know, people. Do you guys, want to work on it? Yeah, guys constantly coming in with like. Please don't think that. Like, I hope this isn't offensive to anybody. It's just the way the it tr- is. It's just the truth. Mm-hmm. Every day, like guys that come in, and we're in downtown, and yeah. so it's a different demographic. With you know their their tight jeans and their patent leather boots that were made in London. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, and their their vintage leather jackets and their military backpacks mm-hmm. and they're looking for a bike that is eight hundred dollars mm-hmm. that they can build up you know and they have their built well helmets yep and they wear aviators you mm-hmm. know and mm-hmm. they've got their patent leather gloves but and these are the hipsters that yeah. Joel says it's it's not it's not a bike it's a fashion accessory it is exactly. and it's, it's a always, piece of furniture they've always there's always been that demographic whether it's Gen Xers Hipsters now, right. it doesn't matter. They've always there's always been that, right? Right. It's it's garage jewelry. Right. It's the same guy that buys like the giant, like twenty nine er with six inches, like twelve inches of suspension travel mountain bike, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they just hang it from the ceiling. Yeah. Right. They hang it in their apartment, or like you know the the five thousand dollars Cervelo road right. bike. It's, it's a piece the same of collectible way. art. Basically. So correct. It's it's a conversation starter for that. Yeah, F- yeah, fixies. Are you <laughs> kidding me? That fine, but it's like. I don't get it, man. I, 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 don't I, get fixies I will never understand it. I'm not. I tried it once, and I, I was like, "This is the this most retarded." Thing I hated ever. it. I hated it when I was four years old, and I, my cousin had one had a bicycle that wasn't freewheeling, and it just kept going. And I went down a hill, and I'm sitting there like this, trying not to break my ankles going down this hill at 30 miles an hour. 
So at four years old, I don't get it. But there's always been that, and these are the people, unfortunately, that are driving the industry. Mm -hmm. The people that Mm -hmm. the industry itself is chasing after. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not. And again, you're you're absolutely right. They did a shitty job trying to connect the non-riders, non-riding families. Yeah, and it's still terrible. Yeah, still are. Case in point. <coughs> Real quick, just want to say hello to sure. James who finally joined us. Hey, um, Cameron, thanks for joining us. What Teddy, up, buddy? hello, Teddy. Um, let's see. Some people have commented here. Anthony says, "Society being what it is today, you just can't let your kids run around outside because something bad will happen to them, and not just falling down in the dirt." Again, helicopter parents, and he's being sarcastic when he says that because we know how. Anthony is. Yes, we oh, do. We understand his yes. his thought process. Yes. Uh, again. Is this is this a airline well? Uh, or is that a different well? I don't Sur- know. well? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, Sorry. No, Will. that's that's no, that's not well. Is uh, he not Will Wright? Yeah, that's, that's Will Wright. That's, that's right. a different Will. It's yeah. a different Will. Yeah. Uh, a lot of perception of a war society is uh, fed from the media. That came from Stephanie. Um, and then it's also well the media thing. It's on the media's end, and it's kind of our fault, too. We kind of put it out there for them to We put it out there because it's, like, the biggest hit against sport bikes in the last 10 years, New York City, three years ago. Mm -hmm. Four years ago. I agree. When the group, when the gang had the Land Rover in the middle of the ride. Oh, yeah. That was the biggest hit against sport bikes in the last 10 years, if not ever. Yeah. So... While I will never condone anything that happened in that, and I will never argue that the media should have covered it the way they did, it showed that we as an industry and we as a group of individuals who ride mm-hmm. probably put that kind of imagery out on our own because of the society of motorcycle culture. Right. Kind of the same way. So it's <coughs> media and perception. Reality is always based. Is reality is your perception of it. So if you if it is put out there for everyone to see, and something a situation like that happens, <clears throat> I got more phone calls from people that I hadn't talked to in forever that knew I rode sport bikes, asking about that. Yeah, seriously, I got right. more fights with a significant other at the time over that video than any other fight I've ever had ever. Yeah. So media and everything else. On our end, we need to control how it's shown, how we present ourselves. Yes, we're. I'm never going to say that we that I don't act like a retard on a motorcycle. Obviously, I do. Come on, that's what we do. Right. But we all kind of need to go. You know what? I don't need to act like that big of a jackass all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. So, media perceptions. It's it's. Yeah. And of course, let's not forget Double the Sons edge, of right. Anarchy effect. That wasn't that even that doesn't even begin to describe oh, anything that was going on. on. The, the Sons of Anarchy effect. Effect. Yes. Effect. Yes. Yes. But anyway, an effect that it's we're, had. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Again. Get into that later. We probably covered it several episodes yeah. ago too. Um, but yeah, and again, that's kind of what's going on. Um, Let me um, real quick go yeah, back to like we talked about the industry failing to capture kids. Yeah, you know, back in the the 80s and 90s and how we're still doing a piss poor job at it um this is something i just thought of on the ride over here and hey, Teddy. it's what i was looking up when we were basically getting ready yeah okay rough cost of honda rebel yamaha virago yeah cb300 mm-hmm. beginner bikes for adults right about 3500 bucks not a bad buy-in 
Okay, not bad, yeah, right? Not bad. A KLX 110L. Oh, God, it's probably... $2,500. No, yeah. that's such a bad yeah. idea. Yeah. $2,500. A KLX 140. So basically something for a 12 to 14 year old. Mm-hmm. To put around in on the yard and have a good time yeah. with. $3,400. Yeah. And I'm not talking MSRP. I'm talking, you know, discounted what you could really get one for. Out the door. $3,400. That's... So parents are looking at bikes for their kids that are the same price as a Honda Rebel, a Yamaha mm-hmm. Virago, a CB300. Yeah. And is yeah. that, now, is that due to... And that's looking at Japanese brands. Yeah. Is that, let's not even talk about KTMs. That, is that due to manufacturers... Oh, and we're not talking about race bikes. No. We're yeah. not talking about yeah. 65. Trail bikes, yeah. Yeah, yeah the learner bikes. Yeah, are these... <coughs> is this due to manufacturers needing to make, it, make up profit on this end to try and cover the bigger bikes that they're selling? I don't think or so. Or is this just them trying to make as much money off everything as possible? Because the KLX 110, they've been making the same way for how long? Yeah. They've mm-hmm. paid the tooling off. Oh, yeah. A long so time ago. So it's 100%. Like, from when they sell it to a dealer, it's got to be 100% yeah. profit. Right. Well, I mean, let's take let's take another look here. Yeah. Let's look at the 600 range. Oh, All right. God. Let's just start with let's start with this, uh, Kawasaki 636. A 2017 636 is, what, 12? Um, <sighs> let's jump back to 2004 <laughs> when I bought mine. When I bought my 04636, MSRP was $8,500. The 2015 BMW S1000R sitting in my garage right now retailed. I didn't get I didn't have to pay for this. Pay this, but retailed at 15 dollars Yeah. Spend the extra money for the electronic suspension and all the other features you get with that. I'm sorry. I don't... Yeah. Is it the fact that they're... Like, <laughs> You're like, be okay? No, this is because this is the genre that I'm into and that we're all passionate about. Right. This is what pisses me off because you see your guys racing 600s, you guys doing track days and everything, and like Triumph this past year was kicking out. Hey, you buy a brand new Daytona, we'll give you a day at Sport Bike Track Time. Mm-hmm. You know, awesome. Get on the track, go learn what your bike can do. But when you have a buy-in at twelve and a half mm-hmm. for a 600. When a ZX10 is what, 15 ish? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Why are. It doesn't surprise me now that 600s have fallen off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Like the cheapest 600 was probably what, a G6R for 11? A C- CBR 600 C- RR. Yeah. About the same. About for like, 11? The high 10s. Like I don't. <coughs> yeah, when you bought your 636, 8500 bucks. Yeah. When I was looking, at, looking to get into a 600, just mm-hmm. courting it and looking at it, it was a 06, 07 G6R mm-hmm. 600. It was. Ninety three hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah. How in the world? Like I, you know, duh. Kind of going into this. David says uh, first. He says, "Yo, so yeah. what's going on, bud?" Uh, his twenty fourteen R one. He's got a nice R one. He does have a nice R one. That retailed at fourteen five when he bought it. So two and a half, like so for two grand. Yes, yeah, so a six hundred and R one. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be two different rides. It's gonna be two. The song of our people. The song of our people. <laughs> like that's what that's what happens here. You hear one, and we all stop. And we all look. Yes. So, dude, he is ready. He's getting it. He is out of that. He's probably in second year. He's right making now. use of the weather. Yeah, whatever. Oh. He's gonna slide everywhere. Cameron says, you know, he hates the media's perception of bikes that paints. Um, he did a Colorado backcountry discovery route. Yeah. Um, and everywhere he went, there was biker welcome signs. It's it, it's a media prese- media presentation. And then you always have the 
<coughs> the media always is going to focus more, and it's because it sells more ad time, and it has the ability to get more eyes on it for negative than positive. The, mm-hmm. the 1% of negative everything is always going to be presented first. Yep. Because it sells ads, it gets clicks on the internet, it clicks mm-hmm. the banner, everything else. Yep. Welcome to Media Matters 101. Right. Negativity always sells. Yep. That's Brandon, where it goes. Brandon says the industry needs to convince Hollywood to come up with another Fonzie, Street Hawk, and others. I have the entirety <laughs> of the Street Hawk season and Street Hawk TV series on VHS somewhere at my parents' house. Street that Hawk. is the now best. That is awesome. Episode two was the first time George Clooney was ever on Really? On film anywhere. Did not know that. Episode two, he looks like oh it, it's hilarious. It's so funny. You know, going back into retail back in the day. Mm-hmm. Ham says that he's got 2000 R1. Yeah. When that bike came out, it retailed 10.5. Believe it. And I that mean, was it was just all motor. Yeah. And carbureted. 2006. <coughs> 600 RR. Yeah. 89. Mhm. And which is MSRP, which yeah. means you could have bought it the year after mm-hmm. for 82. And, and I remember yeah. when the 06 came out and there were uh Everyone, actually 05. Yeah. They're saying and there's a price jump you know, with this... Oh, 200 bucks? 300 bucks? 500. 500 bucks? Yeah. yeah. Well, that was from the new suspension. But... Well, that was a completely different bike from the 04. True. But the, the price jumps and everything, the industry has to realize, hopefully one like hopefully soon, they're pricing themselves out of a market that drove technology forward. Mm-hmm. And now, that's what we're paying for is yeah, the technology. That's, At least for, that's what they're saying. It. Do huh? we need the technology? Do, yeah. new, do riders need all that? Seriously. And again, this is what we talked about in, yeah, that's, in the it, last episode of the year. Yeah. How much is too much? It's not 95% of your sport bike owners will, I'll say 80. 80. 80% of your sport bike owners will never take it to a racetrack. It's bullshit. I say 99 99 Okay. 99% of your sport bike owners are never going to take right. it on a racetrack, which I hate because it's that's the most fun you'll ever have with your clothes on. But... Uh-oh. Looks like we lost video for a second. Oh, no. Anywhere back. So, but the thing is, normal street riders, they get a sport bike because they think it looks cool. It's aggressive. You see the guys on the interstate come past you at 120. Oh, that's awesome. I want to do that, too. They see wheelies and everything else. You don't need a 600 to do that. You can do that on a 500. Right. You can do that on a Motard at 50 miles an hour and not be doing a 130. Right. Which, you know, it's just... It's cultural perception where you need to have it's the culture needs to change with all of us. Well, so. again, that's that's why America was the com- the uh, the market to beat for so long. Yeah, because we wanted bigger is better, bigger uh-huh. is better, which is why they kept coming out with bigger bikes. Yep, and bigger bikes and faster bikes, and uh, you know, a it's, lot of the manufacturers, you know, like we haven't seen Honda come out with anything truly new. We haven't seen anything from Suzuki. Why? Because they don't want, to, they don't care about the bigger is better. They want to go to the places where they can sell. They did. They, they did. They yeah. gave the GSXS. Right. That, well, that is a hammer so of a motorcycle. The GSXS one thousand is a hammer of a motorcycle. You can get for nothing. The you put a little bit. Bland. Well, the seven fifty is bland. The one thousand, <laughs> you get that, and you put a little bit of money into it. That is a hammer of a motorcycle for the price. Right. That but. Is a, Goodbye. Everyone's building the smaller bikes for yeah. the rest of the world because mm-hmm. it's more profitable. Yeah, they can they can build four different models of 150 cc bikes and sell every single one of them. And or you can park a new Hayabusa on the uh, one, an American park. showroom. Yeah. and hope it leaves sometime in the year. 
Yeah, like the ZX14. Oh, well, you've at got. our store. Yeah. <laughs> well, the ZX14 you've got at your store. That's a right. I could tell you the last Hayabusa that was on the floor disappeared. Well, yeah, because you bought it. <laughs> but it was a 15 model. But still, it's <coughs> it's just the American market as a whole has changed so much because of culture, money not being. I'm not saying money not being readily available. The people who have the buying power don't have the money to spend on it. Right. So that's the issue. That's why you see the Ducati Scrambler doing so well. Mm-hmm. I seriously, they've got four, five models of that damn thing right. now, mm-hmm. and it's an approachable bike. It's approachable bike, and it's right. not intimidating. So I don't know. That's where I'm at with that. Right. Just like the Triumph Street Twin. Well, Although we're not twin, seeing as much of that as you well, there's are not the like this, this. The Street Twin's brand new. Right. So you've got to give it a year or two to actually build right. and actually get them out there, and the Ducati. The Scrambler and everything, the name precedes it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have that Italian flair and that right. Italian cool. And GQ and everybody's going to pick that bike up the of minute. Course. It's like yeah. all your lifestyle magazines, all your lifestyle publications, whether online, in print, or on TV, they're going to pick it up and they're going to run with it because it's cool. Right. So that's why you, like, like you said, the skinny jean patent leather boots that are $500 and you're going to ride in that. Really? They're the ones that are coming in looking for the dirt cheap bikes because mm-hmm. they've spent up their money on clothes. Right. But anyway. <laughs> uh, first, I want to say hello to Cameron and Caitlin. What's going on, guys? And Batman has Hey, us. what up, dude? So, um, for those of you just joined in, we've talked about a lot. A lot of stuff. hour and t- 20 minutes now. This has been a good one. Um, you can always go back, watch everything. Uh, we talked about Polaris and uh, Victory. Victory and we talked about, about Triumph. Yep. Lots of fun stuff. If you have any questions about anything or any comments you want to make about it, go ahead and post it. We will see it and we will answer it. Uh, He'll answer it. <laughs> he can answer it. I too. can answer too, but just so I'm, can Tyler. I'm a little bit of a jerk sometimes, so whatever. What's going on, April? What's going on, Joe? Um, but yeah, definitely sit, leave us your thoughts. Uh, we'd love to hear. It. Yeah, if we don't answer it um, immediately, we might answer it now in the next episode. Um, Brandon says he won't buy new. He got his O1 R1 with 2,500 miles. For four thousand and two hundred dollars, that is she will never deal. see its limitations. I mean, honestly, oh no! How no. many people can truly ride a six hundred to the very one, limit? Less than one percent. Less than one, like one tenth of one percent, and yeah. they're all professional riders. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they're all getting paid to do it. So yeah. those are the only people that you'll ever see push that limit. And hell, a lot of your, most of your pro guys, pro road racers now, are right there on the cusp of not being able to push it that hard. Yeah. So, like, you you can, always, you can always tell, like, your top three are always going to be the guys that, okay, you need to be on a 1,000 because you need to be there. So and if you, you talk to guys that are, are track day dudes. Yeah. Black, Ryan Blackwell. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ryan. Yep. Kirby. Amid. Um, I mean, not so much anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you, you talk to them, and they're like... There's absolutely no need no. to have a thousand cc bike. Mm-hmm. No, there's Chris not. Ar- you know Chris Arthur, yeah, good friend of mine, and he was like, "There's absolutely no need mm-hmm. to have that." The only re- the reason I got that thing out there, mm-hmm. I work at BMW Nashville, and I got that at mm-hmm. Dealer Right. That's the only reason that bike popped on my radar because I wasn't. I mean, I was looking at six hundreds and maybe an FZ nine or a Speed Triple, but that bike only popped on my radar when I found out that hey, I get a deal. Yeah. yeah. So. And now I've got, you know, the, one of the nastiest nakeds <coughs> you can ever get. Yes. Ever. Very much so. So, yeah, um, you've ridden it. I'll yeah. argue about that a little bit. Well, we'll go about We'll talk about that <laughs> later. Um, 
I think we've kind of gone a little further than we probably should have, but ah, it's, uh, it's okay. It's been all good. Yeah. Is there anything else you need you got on your mind you want to share before we close Dude. it out? <coughs> Tons. But he does have a ton. We'll have <laughs> him back on. Don't worry. We're this might be like episode from now on. Episode thirty-five, <laughs> and then we do like a thirty-five point five to finish. Out. <laughs> right. I think. Yeah. I think maybe just ending it with with the initial statistics, which is what the whole you know end of the. Yeah. The cast was about median age of, of motorcycle owners in America have gone up dramatically. Yeah. Um, from 1985 to 2014, the median age of motorcycle riders has gone from 27 years old to 47 years old. At that rate, in another three years, the median age is going to be 50 plus. Um, so what do we do to gain to gain that back? What do we do to get younger riders back in it? My my thoughts were that you know the industry failed to capture them as kids. Mm-hmm. We are still failing to capture them as kids. The fact that a KLX 110L or a KLX 140 yeah. is the same price as a Honda Rebel mm-hmm. or a CB 300 is insane. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I mean, we have parents coming in all the time that want to get their kids into it, and they see these tiny little dirt bikes for their four-year-old, and they say, how much is that? And they realize that with tax, it's going to be two grand. Yeah. How much is a PW50? They're about 1400 Oh, my God. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's not including 1400 but That's insane. <coughs> yeah. Yep. You pick those things up on Craigslist for 300 bucks. Yep. Yeah. Joe says... they're clapped out. Now, I'm not arguing that. Yep. There's yeah. no argument here. And Joe but, says... In order to do this, make dirt bikes cheap again. I mean, that's yeah. what it is. Yes. Done. Make, make, make them, them affordable and make them approachable. Yes. Uh, How much are four fifties now? Uh, nine grand. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Again, two thousand four came. Four fifty was forty nine. God. Wow. Say that again. Back in two thousand four, KX uh, four fifty. Yeah, four fifty was forty nine ninety nine. Whoa. <laughs> That's I get the amount of technology they've put in there. I get it because they've got the, they've got the traction control. Yeah, they've that's obscene. The, they've yeah. doubled the cost. Yeah, right? that's because right now MSRP on 450 is pretty much across the board is in the mid eights, yeah, 85 insane. to 87. Yeah. It's insane. Um, 250s. 75 to 77. You know, it makes Why it very like, unapproachable to anybody. Mm-hmm. Just like we we're talking about the new R6. Yeah. 1300. 1300. Sorry, sorry, 13,000 for an R6. For a 600, you're insane. Yeah. You are yeah. insane. I mean, Sure, it looks great on paper. Oh, it looks fantastic. It sounds fantastic. Yeah. Sounds good, looks great on paper, but you're <coughs> going to have you five people buy it. I know somebody yeah. will buy one. Oh, I know a lot of people that will buy them, but yeah. again, is it... Chuck Rose. <laughs> Love you, Chuck. <laughs> I, think, I don't know that. if I know him enough. Uh, um, but yeah, again, that's what we need to do is first get the pricing down on these bikes to make to draw people in and then keep them there. Yeah. Um, other thing, dude, if you see kids on on a school bus and you're on a bike, wave at them. Wave, be that cool All guy the on a bike. Time. Seriously, all the time, wave right. at them. Say hey, follow them behind them for a minute. Like just kind of cruise. Unless you get the crazy mom that was saying that. Did you see that this story where the guy in the R6 was up under the bike and he was up under the bus and all this other shit? Mm-hmm. He's like the the kids videoing the guy. He's on an R6. Yeah, and he's waving at him. And apparently, one of the kids made a fake gun shot at him with his hand. So the guy did it back. Oh my God, she lost her shit. I think you're getting a little excited there. 
It's the pants. Shut up. <laughs> Let me see. It's the pants. Kiss my ass. That is awesome. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> anyway. Yes, and Ham says, wheelies always impress the, sh- the kids. Yeah, but they also <coughs> get the cops called on you, too, so that doesn't Well, that's much. true, but, I mean, if you're if you're a nine-year-old and you see a dude go by and he true. looks at you and he pulls a wheelie as you're going, okay, that's cool. I'm not arguing yeah. that. I'm not arguing that, but uh-huh. it needs to be more... It doesn't need to be that. It needs to be the industry doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe so. says, you definitely need to start them in the dirt when they're young to build the passion. Yes. Back in the day, he could buy a two-stroke 125 and a 250 for the price of one modern dirt bike. Jeez. Yes. <laughs> and he liked your chuck comment. <laughs> <coughs> I just... I, I, I don't... I just don't get it. I don't get it. And it's a hard sell, man. Like, yeah. it's... One because there is no margin. What's up, David? There, yeah. I've I've got no margin at all. No. The the actual cost of any youth motorcycle is more than MSRP. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I throw a hundred dollar discount on it and add our hard costs and add doc and registration and all that. And the customer looks at me like I'm a dick yeah. because I didn't give them five hundred dollars off. I'm handcuffed. I yeah. can't do anything. It's, and it's nothing that we. It's nothing that you've done. It's the right. way the manufacturers are now. And then another. And this goes back to the whole like helicopter parents wanting to protect their kids. Yeah. I can't tell you how many customers that I try to flip off youth ATVs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To motorcycles and say like, trust me, this is actually going to be safer. Yeah. Bikes are always going to be safer than ATVs. They, they won't buy it. They're not buying it. Right. They're like, well, what if he falls off? <coughs> what if he falls off his bicycle? Yeah, it's gonna happen. You well, it's, know, it's what it's uh, Gentry said it best. Yep. He goes, when you get a quad, they put they don't you, they don't tell you, but they tell you Tyler. Yeah, yeah, they put magnets in the boots. <laughs> you know, because I mean, quads chase you when you crash. Yeah, yes, yeah. they keep anyway. going. Yeah, um, Cameron had commented here. Um, his brother Logan just got his permit yesterday. He's fifteen. So he's riding to school every day, and all of his buddies are jealous. That's, what, yeah. need That's what needs to happen. <clears throat> but what did he get? Yeah, what did he get? Let us know what he got. Yeah, Cameron, we're, we're looking for that here. And uh, Brandon is uh, messaging me on the side here. Oh, God. Says he absolutely loves the uh, the format here, and uh, actually really do too. Um, he likes interacting, and that's what we love about this. Uh, I will say in the last few days, there's been more interaction uh, on our Facebook page yes. with everyone. Absolutely love that. Um, and I'm going to quit doing trivia questions because apparently nobody likes my <laughs> trivia questions. He picks the most obscure I do pick some things. goofy ones. I will say that. <clears throat> got to sl- slowly ramp it up here. Oh, I, whatever. I mean, we've got some pretty astute people there that know. I know. But I'm Rain Man, apparently. Yes. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely been enjoying this. We're going to be doing more of these, uh, Cameron says, sorry, Strom. segue. <coughs> Strom 650. V-Strom 650, 2013. Awesome bike. Yes. Awesome and, bike uh, to learn on. Actually, I know Cameron and his family, and they are awesome people. They are amazing riders. They, they've got a secret project going on right now that's actually really freaking cool, um, involving some uh, CB500Xs. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Was David David Leonard? He had an old he had gold an old school gold wing. Oh. Looking to start track on street. Yeah. So David says so. 
Sold the Goldwing, looking to get go back into sport bikes. What do you recommend looking to start tracking and street riding? You, David, you need to look at... We're probably going to have three different opinions. Well, knowing David, um, David and I know each other from racetrack. He is works pit out at uh, NCM. He always works pit out. That's his deal. That's his job. Um... He's coming off, I don't remember what year it was, it's an old wing, it's an old 1000 wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a 78 or 81 <coughs> or something like that, like an 1100 wing. Um, he's a bigger guy. He's a he's a big guy. Um, I'm going to say maybe like an old school FZ1, just because it's going to be easier for you to move around on right. it. Which, like, and there's a ton of them out there for cheap. Oh yeah, and, and R1, early rock R1, solid R1, rock solid bike and the early R1 stuff bolts up. Like front end suspension, all that kind of stuff. It bolts up. You can get it pretty inexpensively. If he, um, if he wants a naked man, Z one thousand. He says he's too. liking the R one thousand all the way. Yeah, Second Z one thousand. Yeah, not the last one. The last one's kind of weird. No. Second gen. Second gen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll give you that. If Best, you can get an R, early R one, I agree. Best bike ever made. Yeah. Early R one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Ham can definitely. Agree. Yeah, Ham can definitely Same agree with Brandon. That. Yeah. Um, Hales oh. is 2000, Brandon's what, 01? Is that what he said? 01? Yep, and I learned how to ride on a 2000 R01. Don't use that as an example. No. Um, but it was a great bike. Um, I don't recommend starting on never, a bike. Never, never, never do that. Um, I'm surprised you survived. Yeah, so am I. Um, and he says yes. David says yes. Um, now, Cameron has uh, replied, so is Joe. Because Joe knows what these three badass secret uh, projects are. Um, Cameron says, we are doing the Trans-American Trail... On that's CB 500 awesome. X's that have the rally rate conversions. That's awesome. That's going to be a fun trip. I yes. saw there's a documentary on uh, Netflix where they did the bicycles across the Trans American thing. Wasn't that what a uh, guy Martin was trying to do? No, he did the con- the, 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 con- the divide yeah, that's where he right. went down the uh, con- down the uh, Rockies. But that's good. That's a neat trip. That'll be a fun trip. You go through. Um, like you go through the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, and you're middle of nowhere everywhere through there, and you end up in um, Astoria, Oregon. And I got family out there, so that's a that's that'll be a neat trip, <coughs> right? Ham says, "Gotta love the little head shaky on the old R1 around 125." I've never no, that, that sucks. That's not fun. No, never never experienced it. That sucks. Ever. That's terrible. You don't don't throttle out, man. Steering damper. It may not no a throttle out. It may not fix the situation, <laughs> but it will definitely. In the suspense. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely in the suspense. Old and steering damper. If you can find them anymore. That's also very Couldn't true. Couldn't find one. I very hard to, to find old and ster- uh, steering dampers for some reason. I don't think they make them anymore. But whatever. Um, what else we got? Anything? I think that's kind of everything up. Or just power up. Yep. Power, just get yeah. that front wheel off the ground then. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Squeak, well, I was on the SV. I, used, I had a really bad head shake problem on the SV at about 115. He'd go past everybody and they'd be like... It'd be doing this shit down the front straight. I'm like, oh, God. You just... Actually, what I learned, one of the instructors told me, you squeeze the tank real hard with your legs and loosen up on the bars. Oh, yeah. And it quits. I was like... The bike it, will want to ride itself. Yeah. Which, honestly... That's the problem. On yeah. a sport bike or actually any motorcycle, you should be squeezing the tank and yeah. relaxing your arms, not... Down so the straightaway, at least. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, there's that. Um, funny thing is, Germans have a, uh, a saying... Let's uh, see if I get the pronunciation right. Locker saying... It means loosen up. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, Demarcus, thanks for joining us. Glad you could uh, get here in time. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've talked a lot about... We have talked a lot a about stuff. A um, lot about some stuff. 
Again, if you are just joining in, you can still watch everything and comment on everything. We will answer uh, and reply. And again, we'll also address your questions on the next episode. Um, looks like uh, this live episode thing is doing pretty it's good. It's been fun. Yeah, everybody yeah. seems to like it. Yeah. Uh, enjoying it. Yeah. Colin anything. hates it. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm, I'm just getting used to this whole thing. Yeah. We got umbrella lights. Yeah, we like, actually oh. have um, better like, lighting. We do today. have better lighting. We have a better uh, camera. So yeah. we're actually, I'm a little surprised that it's worked out. I had to impress Colin. Dude, I took this serious, man. Like uh, You brought notes! I brought right? notes. That's I, what tripped me out. I shaved the beard up. I, I didn't like, do that. Nice. Very nice. I've got my winter coat on. <laughs> It'll go away when it warms up. Oh, I think on that note, I think we'll kind of bring this to an end. We're about an hour, yeah, and hour and a half. half. Yeah. In. <coughs> Excuse me. Again, love having everyone. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. We will be back next week. Um, we'll announce the next live episode as we kind of get to it. Out. Um, and again, please reach out to everybody. Um, share this video. Share Wingman's Garage on Facebook. Uh, find us on all the social media, even Twitter, even though it's never really used. I do. Um, I do yeah, follow us on Instagram. Uh, if you have any questions or if you have anything you want to say and we're not live, yeah, you can do two things. One, you can either jump on Messenger and leave us a voice message on Messenger, which is pretty badass. It's pretty neat. Um, or even give us a phone call uh, on our dedicated line, 2625. Go ride. Go ride. Go ride. And Go ride. Uh, would love to hear from you. Um I think on that note, that's kind of it. Yeah, that's we're pretty much done. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for joining. It's been a pleasure having you. I am Chris the Wingman, Daniel the Track Rat, Colin, and Tyler's here somewhere. Tyler the Frequently Absent, as Isaac named. <laughs> but thank you very much, guys. I'm going to get up and kind of awkwardly walk towards the camera, turn it, yeah, so turn I it can off. turn this off. Bye. Turn that shit off. I gotta. We gotta show him some more stuff. <laughs>